You're listening to. Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Mindy Chang. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. I know that the last few episodes have been pretty deep and talking about some really important topics, so I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been tuning in. I'm a little bit calmer this week, and I am solo this week, so shout out to the friends who have been supporting and validating me that my solo episodes are not boring because it's just me, because that's something I was pretty self-conscious about. And uh, shout out to the universe because this sounds, that sounds so hippie and lame, but I don't care because I, I appreciate the way things end up falling into place as they should. So what had happened was, first of all, I have been working really hard in terms of getting this podcast in a more consistent place. I have been jumping all over the place in terms of guests and formatting and when I get to post it up. And I'm still finding my groove, to be completely honest, but I have wanted to quit on this podcast so many times for various reasons, but I made a choice not too long ago to really commit to it and make sure that I have an episode up every week. I've been doing my very best to get it up every week on the same day because Y'all, this is episode 71, and I feel like it's only been the last three episodes or so that it's been actually consistent. So believe you me, it's been a struggle for me to prioritize the podcast and to believe in myself as a host and to make the time and space and back it with resources and everything to bring it to the point that it is. So because of that, I was really thinking ahead and wanting to schedule guests out in advance, think of the topics come out with uh, show notes and things like that and, and be more and more prepared because that's, that is the action behind the choice. That is the action behind the feeling that I do want to continue on with this podcast for me. You know, if, if I'm not going to ever have a gazillion different listeners, you know, it's really for myself and for my guests and for my, my community, the people who do care to feel like they have a space to listen to a unique conversation from a different perspective and to learn and to grow and contribute how they want. So that being said, I had two guests um, lined up to be recorded that would definitely be, you know, episode 71 and 72. So what had happened was life happened and schedules got crazy and, you know, someone might be a little bit sick and I hope that they're okay. I hope you're healing. But for various reasons, my guests fell through and they got postponed. They're still coming, but my schedule got a little bit put off. And that's, you know, just a key part of being a human, but definitely for a content creator, for an artist or for anybody who's who's working freelance or having to kind of set their own schedule, that's just a reality of that work. You have to learn how to pivot and you have to learn how to pick up and make sure that you can still do the thing, even if other things don't pan out the way that you thought that they would. So in light of that, I was a little bit low-key, tiny, tiny bit freaking out. I was like, dang, I was really wanting to keep this consistent. I had this vision of how I wanted it to go. Why why isn't this working out? Is it my fault? Did I not plan ahead? You know, standard uh, historical Minji mode of mini meltdown and blaming myself and being really, really kind of caught up in that emotion. And then I stopped for a second. I was like, you know what? It's been a minute since I've done a a solo episode. And then I recalled that friends of mine had said that they really enjoyed my solo episodes, which I was super kind of weirded out by. I was like, really? It's not that interesting. I mean, isn't it better when I have a guest? And, you know, guests have been incredible, but apparently I can hold my own too. (laughs) So that was really, really reassuring. I remembered my friends telling me that and you know, just took a really quick glance and realized it had been a while since I'd done a, a solo episode to just ch- kind of check in with with my people and the listeners. So I thought it'd be really great to just recap a little bit and share a little bit of what's on my heart because I was reassured and and given a lot of great support 
from my friends and my peers and listeners and Patreon and Patreon uh, backers and everything. Y'all, y'all are the real MVP. But um, helping me keep afloat and keeping my spirits up to to do this. So I am here to do a solo episode to recap on what's been going on for the last few months because it definitely has been a crazy few months. Though that's not really different than the rest of my life because my life is just, it's a circus. But I kind of like it that way. So that might be why I'm attracting a life like this. Anyway, hope you're all doing well. And I hope that you're here to take, you know, ride with me through this episode as I just take a moment to reflect and share some of my realizations and some of my little epiphanies and updates on what's been going on. And uh, for starters, I would really love to thank everybody who has been sending such great feedback on the last few episodes. And it has been extremely touching for me to 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 see the impact that it's making, that it's valued. You know, I think it's really interesting to be a content creator. I just, it's such a, such a weird term to begin with, but I didn't really ever think that I would be a content creator in this way. I always thought about starting a YouTube channel, but I always second-guessed it. And I was like, who the hell would listen to me for like more than 30 seconds unless they had to, you know, unless I'm like running a meeting or something. It's not that interesting. And I, and I was just really, really fearful of the feedback that I would get that somebody would criticize the content or the setup or the quality. And I didn't think I was ready to hear anything that would not be, you know, an A plus grade, if you will. So um, I'm really, really grateful that A, that I've stuck with the podcast and B, uh, something that's been happening the last few weeks was, again, in this analysis of what should I do with the content and what should I do with my channel, my brand, et cetera, you know, taking it seriously as a business or not even just a business, as a, as a extension of myself, as what I am putting out in the universe. What is it that I want to say? And there's a conflict, I think. And I think what I'm feeling on a micro level is kind of relative to what a lot of people might feel on the, you know, on the widespread level is feeling, feeling obligated or driven by what does the audience want to hear versus what do I want to say? And those are two really big, there's a big difference between those two things. And uh, if if I look at my data and I've been trying to pay more attention to my data because data used to scare the crap out of me, it's like how you don't want to look at your bank account to see how low your checking account actually is. It's the reality of it that kind of terrifies you. Once you see it, it's not that bad, but it's like that that in-between, that limbo of actually opening up the bank account, actually opening up your stats, actually opening up whatever, you know, on our in our regular lives, you know, our our Instagram likes. There's so many different qualifiers that that let us know how things are going. And sometimes we don't want to know how things are going because that stuff is scary and it's really you know, it shakes you. It shakes me. I used to really not want to look at my data, but once I got over that, it, it was it was really helpful. It was really really intriguing. First of all, to understand that I have an international reach that blew my mind, and then where in the world people are listening, and um, what parts of America too? I mean, America is just its own crazy multi universe world, right? Um, but really trying to see what what was the audience most interested in. So I had made this whole, you know, agreement with myself, like I need to I need to be less afraid of the numbers and I need to look at everything and and be attentive to what the audience wants and or what's driving with them, what's vibing with them, what's helping people. And I saw that, you know, my a lot of the dating episodes happen to be doing really well. I was like, oh, that's dope. I could talk about dating for days. I could talk about love and romance and every freaking layer of every interaction and the complexities of sex and our sexuality. And, every, you know, there's so much. It's so, so much. And I love talking about that. And I was like, okay, cool. That means I got, that's what I got to talk about. I need to do my next several episodes on dating and like, how can I do it? And I started plotting, which was fun. But then a lot of things happened politically lately that have been really, really grinding my gears and causing a lot of turmoil in my life and making me really upset, but really thoughtful and introspective and researching more on things and watching 
the news from different outlets and whatnot every single day, trying to understand the facts of what's happening and everything. So I was really kind of taking a different route than the whole dating world. You know, there's all these romance ideas that I have that are coming. But at the moment when I was recommitting myself to the podcast, I was like, hey, I need a, I don't, I don't really feel like talking about dating right now when it feels like the whole rest of the world is kind of unraveling even more than it has been for the last couple of years. So that just wasn't sitting well with me. And so I decided, you know, I really would love to do exactly what the audience wants. And I think I've heard this so much from other friends of mine. I'm, I'm very blessed to be around a lot of other artists and content creators. You know, how do you choose what you're going to make? And people will talk about, you know, find out what your audience wants and give it to them. But there's also that sense of like, well, what is it that I want to say? And what's what's driving me? And what, what do I need to put out there that I think is important or that I want to just get off my chest? And for me, a lot of that stuff was stuff that's not particularly sexy or it's not, uh, you know, what my numbers are telling me. It's not dating. It's not about romance. And um, it's about politics and it's about racism and it's about... A lot of other things that are really tough to talk about, and I don't hear or see uh, that many people, at least in my world, jumping to that. I think people are—and for no judgment on that, I think there's a lot of reasons why it seems like it's too much to to take on. So we'd rather talk about what we're watching on Netflix and, you know, talk about the latest restaurant we went to because that's the thing that's giving us joy, and that's the— relief from all of this chaos that's happening. But I wanted to talk about the chaos. So I did. And I'm very, very grateful for, you know, the feedback. I'm just grateful that people have been resonating with it, that it was helpful, that um, that there was any connection, you know, that there was value in, in that, because that was something that really was on my mind and causing me some stress over the past few weeks that I wasn't doing right by my channel or what have you. And that sounds like such a micro thing at this point now that I'm looking at it in retrospect, but it really was, it reflects the level to which I care about doing something valuable and something that's impactful, just letting you know. But I also really wanted to stay true to my voice because I've had a lot of different moments in my life that I was challenged to say, you don't have to do or say or align with everything else that everyone else is thinking. You need to think with your own mind. And when I did do that, when I went with what was right for me, you know, it, it was not any less. I didn't get the, the, you know, any lashback that I was scared of. I didn't get a ton of negative negativity in my life. I got as much, if not more positivity in my life and validation of that was the right choice. So that's my segue into why I wanted to even do this episode because sometimes you have to do what's right for you. Not sometimes. I, I hope most of time, all the time, do what's right for you. And if we ask ourselves what's right for us, I think that actually leads us to a very symbiotic answer. I don't think that by us being selfish or looking out for what is true to what we believe or what we feel or what our gut is telling us. I don't think that that necessarily equates to damaging others, that being selfish, quote unquote, means that is going to be the destruction of others or it's going to be at others' expense. There are selfish things that we want, like I want peace and harmony. I want um, stress alleviated. I want good relationships. I want joy. I want to dance. I want to have good music. I want to make great movies that move people. I don't... Hopefully that's not destroying anything or anyone. And that's a very, that's what I want. That's my selfish desire. That's what I, I would like to make money so I can, you know, live comfortably and buy good food, cook for my friends, buy clothes from other vendors. Like my friends are becoming these dope designers. I want to buy their stuff and not ask for freebies or a discount. I want to pay them for what they're worth. I don't think that's destroying people by me earning money and putting it back in the world by you know, decorating my house and getting plants and stuff. It's, you know, we we don't have to equate everything with being negative, especially that word. So that's another thing I would like to talk about. So now that I've already taken a great deal of time to segue into the why we came into this episode and why I'm in a 
different headspace. I'd also really like to update everybody on why. Because I think everything, of course, happens in tandem and not one thing happens. You can't put the, the cart before the horse. There's, there's things that led me to this point that I was really, um, proud of myself and really excited to share because I've been on a one-on-one basis sharing this part of my life with a lot of people the last few weeks. But now I'm going to put on this podcast because I kind of, not kind of, I hit a milestone today and I'm really excited about that because this is this is a bigger deal than I may have realized. But what I want to share with everyone is the importance of habits. And I've had that mantra drilled into my head for as long as I can remember by my dad. My dad is a very logical, balanced, well, in some ways balanced, you know what I'm saying? Um, he's a very logical, practical uh, military background dude. He's an engineer. Like, he's physics. He is like, you input this, the output is this. He's a very, you know, A plus B equals C. And mine, I can, part of me is A plus B equals C, but mine is like, A plus B equals ab, <laughs> or abe, or ub, or you know, I, I interpret things. I don't I don't take every single thing at face value. I think there's a lot of room for abstract interpretation. So that's the artist in me. But going back to my father, he's he's really been driving home the messages of, you know, what you do has consequences. What you what you say, how you dress, um, the people that you surround yourself by, they're all kind of input and there's output. What you uh, it's like a recipe. You know what I mean? There's a recipe for success and there's a recipe for disaster. And you have to pay attention to those ingredients because those are the things that are going to shape your life. And um, I think as he's grown as a person and I think as he's dealt with a lot of different aspects of his life, whether that be business or fatherhood or being a man of God or what have you, he's gone through his own realizations. And I think the main message that he's imparted with me in increasing intensity over the years is to pay attention to my habits, that the fact that the little things that I do are going to be the big things one day. And he's absolutely 100% right. And they are some of the most frustrating things because habits take so long to form. And there's so much debate over how long a habit actually even takes to become a habit. Some people will say that, you know, it takes only 21 days. Some people say that it takes at least 30. Some psychologists are saying that it takes at least, at least two months, you know, at least 60 days for something to become something that you do without effort. That's just part of your, the way that you exist. So I wanted to challenge that part of myself because one of the habits that I've been really working on and struggling with since I was a teenager was health and fitness. Now that started with just complete insecurity and vanity because I've had a lot of body issues in my life and I've never been particularly happy with the way that I look. Even to this day, I'm still really, I'm the most now than I ever have been, but you know, I had a lot of a lot of issues with like looking at myself in the mirror, appreciating my body for what it was, and always wanting to lose weight. So getting into fitness for me was like just a really big deal and it transformed me as a person a lot, my mentality, my discipline. And it also changed my habits just because I became so much more hyper aware of all the other things that accompany working out. Because when you start working out, you need to work out better. Are you working out efficiently? Are you resting? Are you, is your diet in check? Because that's the thing as you learn about fitness, that fitness is only a small proportion of the equation of fitness, a greater proportion of what your body, you know, ends up looking like or how you feel in terms of energy and, you know, hunger and all that is food, is food and what you drink, what you put in your body is so incredibly important. So the fitness thing was actually my intro to kind of really being attentive to habits. And to be honest, that became pretty obsessive at different points. And that will be another episode that I have in mind with um, a couple different friends of mine to really speak about fitness and, and our body image. 
But having gone down the fitness route, you know, that has evolved even more into obviously the business world. During that time, I've grown as a person and I've embarked on running collaboration and going from doing that as a volunteer on the side and working a corporate job and then also pursuing acting, like doing this triple hustle to choosing to run collaboration full time as an employee, taking the pay cut and being the head of an organization that was overseeing hundreds of volunteers to do dozens of showcases in cities all across North America and trying to figure that out, you know, habits became all the more relevant and important for me to pay attention to because how are you spending your time in your day? How often are you getting sick? Because that was a huge, that was all of 2015, it was the end of 2014 and all of 2015 was just me having one big giant cold. Um, and then stepping out of that and becoming an entrepreneur and pursuing acting more seriously and being an artist or again, it's, you know, I talk about being an actor, but I feel like there's not that much of a difference. There's some differences, but there's not that much of a difference between what I have, what, what is required of me as an, a professional actor or producer or writer than my corporate job. I remember my corporate job very, very distinctly, going to the office every day, having emails, having meetings, having agendas, and having quarterly, annual, you know, five-year goals that needed to be fulfilled for the company and having that exact same thing for myself now, except that I don't have a company, you know, mapping that out for me. I got to map that out for me. But regardless, again, whether you have that company that you may work for, an organization or a boss or somebody else helping you write that, regardless, I really do believe and understand that everyone's a leader in their own life and you're the architect and you're the designer of your life. So whether you have in your professional world somebody telling you what you ought and ought not do or what they expect or require of you, it's relevant in your life. Like, what is your life? What are you doing? What are we doing? Um because our relationships, our families, our career, again, is just one aspect of that. These are all different things that if we don't, if we don't design and control them, and I don't mean control in like obsessive in a nefarious way, but if we don't have control and ownership of that, then they're going to get out. They will be controlled by others. You know, you'll become a victim of circumstance or you will become dictated by what everybody else needs instead of what you want. It requires that and it requires thought. So I really wanted to take ownership of what was happening in my life because of this new arena that I'm in. So logistically speaking, I have to dictate every day of my life how it's going to go. I don't have somebody else telling me what I ought and ought not do. That is up to me. So I'm being very mindful of that. And the things that have been driving that is not only this, the world is my oyster opportunity and everything's going to be really great. That's a small fraction of it, but largely the last 18 months of my life, actually it's been a one-year anniversary since I stepped down from my full-time job and have been freelance. It's one year, you guys. It's crazy. Actually, technically one year, one month now, but uh, what what's, what am I going to do? What's my, what are my habits? What's my plan? Um, how, do I, how do I move forward from here? And survive. So I can say to a large degree, I'm still in survival mode. I've been really, really blessed with a lot of great gigs, especially in the last three months. My voiceover work, I had this sudden boom and it literally brought me out of one of the darkest, scariest moments of this past year. Um where I felt like there was really a light at the end of the tunnel because I was freaking out for so many different reasons. And I got really, really blessed with six or seven jobs in one week span that really um, helped sustain me and give me some much-needed cushion to survive so that I wasn't going to fall into a pit of despair and anxiety. So that was really, really great. But then, you know, it's kind of the same thing of you you get one success and then the high of that subsides and then you're left thinking about the next thing. And as quickly as it came, it was gone too. And I was really freaking out about the next thing. And quickly, as soon as May hit, I was like, oh my God, I don't have any gigs for the rest of the year. 
I, you know, there's events that I got to go to, things that I want to help create. But in terms of things that are providing me income or giving structure to my life, I had nothing. And um, that scared the bejesus out of me. That scared me to absolutely no end. And I, the primary feeling that I've been having for months and months and months at this point is just pure anxiety. The reason why I want to talk about that before I talk about the habits is that is also the fact that I've been around. I'm a very social person. I'm out and about a lot. I go to a lot of events. I'm very, very fortunate for that. I have an extremely wonderful set of friends in Los Angeles. But there are a couple things that were really messing with me. One was the fact that every time I saw uh, my friends, the main commentary would be, oh my God, Minji, you're doing so amazing. You're just killing it. You're just, your life is it's just going so great. I heard that non nonstop, and um, now I'm I'm very grateful for that because I know that that's coming from a place of encouragement and love and support and excitement for me and belief in me. I never question the sincerity of that or where it's coming from, the intentions. But hearing that over and over again was really really messing with me. It actually, the more I heard it, the worse I felt, and yeah. It was it was it was taking a very odd uh, it was having a very odd effect on me, and it made me actually feel more and more like a fraud. Now I'm not saying this in order for people to stop saying words of encouragement to me. That's not why I'm saying this, and I'm not trying to reject reject any compliments or or well wishes from others because I really truly appreciate them. It really was just a moment of like checking in on myself, like why am I feeling worse every time I hear this. And when the more I heard it, my reaction would get kind of weird and be like, no, 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 no. You don't like, thank you, but no. And then I'd walk away feeling like I'm just this really ungrateful, like unhinged brat. And it was very, very bizarre because I was so grateful for the experiences that I was having. I was grateful for the gigs. I was being asked to speak at all these Asian Pacific American Heritage Month um, events. I got to speak at Bank of America. I spoke at Hastings Law Firm, Paul Hastings Law Firm, a couple days ago. And, um, you know, I saw a few of my voice gigs go live. You know, we had the Google March Madness thing that I posted in LinkedIn. And I was just doing all these different things and acknowledging these wins that were all real. I wasn't making any of them up, but collectively, it didn't, it didn't, um, it's just sad, but it it didn't it didn't make my world feel that much better than like when I had been on the other side of not having them. If that makes any sense? When I didn't have these jobs and when I didn't have the wins, I I anticipated the wins, I anticipated the gigs, and I thought, oh, once I get them, things are going to be so freaking amazing, and then life will be so much better. And then I got them, and it was amazing. The, getting them was incredible because I felt like, oh my god. I have a paycheck. Like I can pay my bills. Oh my God, that's what an honor. They're asking me to come share my thoughts about Asians in media or like our representation and diversity it means so much to me. That's so great. Um, but it it didn't last that long. And it's the cliche of everybody says, you know, those those things, the things in life are not gonna make you that happy. They'll come and they'll go and they they may make you happy for a moment, but that's not what's going to give you uh, as much sustainable joy or the real feeling of fulfillment. I think that really is what we're seeking. Happiness was there. I was really happy. But um, and and then I just felt like a dig. I felt like a jerk who didn't count her blessings and that was being a negative Nancy and that, you know, Again, just went way deep in my brain. And if you guys have been listening to this podcast, you understand, like, I go deep. You know, it it can get off the rails pretty quick. But I think it was a really important moment for me to reflect on, like, I'm not feeling particularly grateful, yet I know that all these blessings are abundant, like, abundant around me. I know that I have a family who's healthy. I have a boyfriend who loves me. Um, why Why am I feeling so ungrateful? And that's the reality is that things are not, they they are these great things and they're also really difficult. Like I can get these gigs and then I could also still have anxiety about where my next paycheck's going to come from because that's really my life. 
And I didn't want to take away from from the win or from the, you know, achievement or success and the blessing that it was. But I also needed to give myself space to be like, just be present in that joy for give yourself a moment to appreciate that and then move on to the next thing. And yeah, you got to work. You better keep hustling. You have more auditions to do and you have more writing to do and you have more pitches to do. You have money to raise for your film that you're making you know, don't forget about that. And it felt so contradictory and it felt really, it was very disheartening and um, it was stressing me out a lot because I just felt like, why am I doing any of this? And I also think it has to do with the fact that the context of the way that the world has been going, the fact that I'm in entertainment and trying to tell stories that I believe are really meaningful and that storytellers have a tremendous responsibility to reflect the world and to paint a better world and to give hope and and catharsis for people. Um, being in an industry where that's why I'm here, but also seeing the ugly side of the industry and seeing all the bells and whistles and all the smoke and mirrors and all the glitter and the gold that seems so great, but seeing where it goes and then also seeing where it doesn't go and also feeling really small and feeling like I, there's no way that I can make an impact. There's no, I'm not going anywhere. I feel like I'm giving myself all of these, these wins um, that I'm supposed to celebrate when I feel like it's just, it's just so small in the in the grand scheme of things. Like who, who even am I? What am I even doing? I'm in my thirties. Like, can I really do this for the next several decades? Um, you know, and and for real, like on, on a, you know, all of this is for real. But for real, even with relationships, like dating Kenji has been amazing. I'm so fortunate that I'm with a partner who understands my industry, who I can talk with um, about movie making, about storytelling, who gives me advice on the podcast, and who who is supportive of all my crazy schedules and events and auditions and things like that. But it also was overwhelming me a lot too because. I feel like we're both so 100% in our craft and invested in our work. I was like, if this doesn't work out, what the heck is going to happen to us? And if something happens to the industry or to our work or if one of us succeeds or one of us doesn't or what, like what's going to happen to us? And then even really on a real level, like how how is all of this right? How is this all supposed to work together? Um, I've just been having a lot of micro to macro, zoom in, zoom out, anxiety, on top of the fact that um, politically, again, what has been happening has been super, super, super triggering, Um, making me question the goodness in people and making me wondering what we can survive and still having the hope at the end of the day. But going on that ride every day in and day out, it's been really exhausting for me, and I know that I'm not the only one. I'm not—I've uh, been speaking with friends, and we've all been there to support each other, but I know that it's it's been a lot on top of the fact that we all compare each other every single day, which is the other component, too. The anxiety is just seeing my friends win, and I have my wins, and they have their wins, but I'm like, again, it's looking at everybody's highlight reel, and objectively, we know this because we're smart, intelligent people. We know that social media is not actual life. It's the best parts of life, and the rest of it is going unseen or untalked about, and we're just not aware of the difficulties everybody's facing, um, but it still gets to you. I mean, the dopamine kicks hit in, you get the you get the likes and you, you're interested in what everyone else is up to, but then you walk away feeling lesser than. And if you walk away feeling, or at least I did, I walked away feeling the things that I'm doing, though they may be great achievements, are nothing compared to so-and-so who has just published a book and this person who just made a feature film for Netflix and these, these people who just got their project funded and these people who have you know, their startups doing so well. These people that have their babies and just got married and all the, you know, all the stuff of like all the stuff I'm not doing. So it is really, really toxic. I've probably talked about that ad nauseum on this podcast, but I don't care because it's still a relevant part of our lives. And because of all of this, I was really wondering what the heck I needed to do and why this episode has become all about my miracle morning. So what I can share about my miracle morning is, um, Back in late April, I had reached a peak of anxiety, and it was really bothering me. Still is bothering me, but I decided I wanted to 
take my dad's advice and figure out what are the inputs that I need to adjust because there's something that's not working here. And I, you know, Trump still has (laughs) a year and a half in office. What is it? I don't know. More than that. It's I I hate thinking about it. This administration is still going on. You know, the Mueller investigation is still not resolved. Impeachment may be coming. Like, we got to prepare for this. And um, my career in in Hollywood is—I'm not stopping that anytime soon as far as I'm concerned. So what do we got to do? Let's figure this out. So I went on my Kindle app. If it was an actual tangible thing, it would have dust all over it because I haven't opened it in a very long time. I opened my Kindle app, and I checked out what books I had downloaded— and um, what was available. Because if you're an Amazon Prime member, you have access to a lot of free free books. I found this book called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. I think it's Hal Elrod. It's Hal something. Starts with an E. His last name starts with an E. And I, I downloaded the book and it was basically the premise of individuals who, you know, wake up at 5 a.m. every day achieve more in life. And it wasn't necessarily about me achieving more in life. It was more about achieving the things I want to achieve. I don't feel like it's more than I used to. It's still the same and I just haven't achieved them yet. So it's like, let's just figure out if waking up early will help me. And I had that feeling because in the past I have woken up early and it just, I felt like I accomplished so much in my day before noon and I felt like I rested better I had more clarity. People weren't bugging me. And uh, this might, might also be why I loved New York so much because I was three hours ahead of California time when everyone else in most of my world were getting up. So I decided I'm going to read this book. It's very simple. It was very kind of duh. But, you know, sometimes you need to see those simple things. Just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. And you need reminders and refreshers of the importance of it and strategy. So I read Hal's book. And I decided, you know, per his recommendation, the next morning I was going to wake up early. And he really spoke about the power of choice, again, something that I really advocate for. But recognizing that choices are really, really critical. And there's a lot of power that comes when you decide something. And I realized a lot of my life, huge decisions sometimes, oftentimes, took a really long time to get to. It would take an incredibly long gestation period of freaking out, worrying, crying, feeling guilty, feeling really amped up, then feeling scared, then being nervous, whatever, like the whole roller coaster. But once I decided things, things would always move, always. But making the decision was always a weak point. It was always the thing that took a long time. I would drag my feet. I'd be kicking and screaming emotionally and psychologically, just freaking out. But once I came upon that choice, a lot of things would just happen. So upon reading that book, I was, you know, I've been waking up every morning later and later. It was really pissing me off, like really getting under my skin that I was becoming that person for me, where I was like, I'm a freaking entrepreneur. I am my own business. I'm an artist. I take the craft seriously. I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to sleep well at night. I'm going to wake up early each morning. Wasn't happening. Okay. I was starting to wake up at like, the original goal was latest seven and then the latest became 7.30. And then I started waking up at eight. Then I started waking up at like 8.30. Unless I had a meeting or call, I was waking up later and later. And one morning I woke up at like 9.45 and I was done. I was like, this is not acceptable. I do not like this version of my life right now. It was making me super irritable. It was impacting my relationships because I was being such a brat to everybody because I was so unhappy with the way things were going that I was getting in arguments with Kenji. I was feeling resentment towards other people in my life, friends, even people who were just like hitting me up to do nice things like hang out. I would look at it like, why are they encroaching upon my time? But that's not their fault. That's my fault. And it was because I was waking up at almost 10 a.m. And a huge chunk of the day had already passed. And I wasn't feeling particularly productive or that I had my priorities in order. So all that being said, I decided the next day I was going to wake up at 6.30. And fortunately, I did. And I will tell you, this was right before Tribeca Film Festival when I was in New York. And for the four days preceding that trip... I woke up every morning before 7.30 a.m. And the week prior to that was the week that I was waking up at 8, 8 8.30, 8.45, 9.45. Like, that was the week prior. And just, it was really cool for me to validate for myself that if I just decided 
and did the work and put in the effort, I could wake up early. So that was really cool. The reason why today is a milestone is that upon arriving back uh, from New York, I recommitted. I didn't do it in New York. I'm just going to keep it completely real. I was on East Coast time. I was like, I ain't waking up at 6.30 in the morning East Coast. That's 3.30 my time, and I will die. So no, it's not happening. Um, But it was great. New York was a great trip, and I came back May 1st. And it was May 2nd that I started. I was like, I'm going to do this for one month. I will do this for one month every day. And today that I'm recording this is probably going off Tuesday because I'm going to be on schedule. But today is June 2nd. It's Sunday. And I did it for 30 days or 31 days because maybe had 31 days. I did it for my month. I hit my month today. And I did it every freaking day, y'all. So let me get to the breakdown of what this Miracle Morning is because I did so much lead up. Miracle Morning is this acronym that Hal came up with called SAVERS, and it's really simple. It's silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. Scribing means journaling, but he wanted another S so he could have the acronym SAVERS. I understand. It's cool, Hal. So SAVERS was, again, silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing, journaling. So I wanted to implement this because I was like, these are all the things that I've always wanted to do and make time for each day, but always get pushed to the back burner. This is the stuff that I'm telling myself and preaching to others ad nauseum, just like, oh, these are the things that I think are really important. And I think these are things that make us better and more centered and ready to take on the day. And they sound so great. Like literally that acronym and those practices are like a Pinterest board, you know? It's like the catalog version of life. Like you just see green foliage and and like the brush lettering script of savers, like better ways to make your life the best it can be. And sometimes it's so funny, but like that's the stuff that you know will help you. It's like brushing your teeth and eating your vegetables is hard to do. So when I did it, I was like, you know, I really appreciated what Hal said. And he said, You know, the goal is to do it a few minutes each day. Depends on who you are and you can figure that out. You can do it 10 minutes per activity. You can do 10 minutes of meditation, silent meditation each day. You can do 10 minutes of affirmation, 10 minutes of visualization, 10 minutes of exercise, 10 minutes of reading, and 10 minutes of journaling. I mean, then you've got yourself like one hour. Like in one hour, you got an amazing start to your day before, before everybody else starts weaseling into your life and infiltrating their wants and needs you can take care of yourself so I was really fascinated by that idea and um to be completely honest I haven't done it every single morning there's at least three or four days where I did it in the evening but my goal was to just do it so glad I gave myself that wiggle room but what I can say is um it hasn't made my anxiety go away But it has helped me feel like I'm doing something for myself, which I think was really, really key, not only in the self-care aspect of life, like really, you know, filling my own gas tank before attempting to help fuel others, but on a very logical basis, like just on the logical argument, my brain has been functioning a little bit clearer. My body has been hurting a little bit less. I have ex- I have back pain. I feel so old saying that, but I have a lower back injury that I got when I was 22 or 23. So it's been a long time. And I got it uh, snowboarding and I like completely twisted and wrenched my lower back, my lo- lower right um, back and my upper glute area freaking hurt a lot all the time. It's just this constant pinching. And I, again, work out a lot. I'm really into fitness and I would push my body to really big extremes. I would do burpees and, you know, plyo and I would do weightlifting and all these things that are putting massive impact on my back and my whole body and not really stretching and not really. So again, so many different things. I was like, I just need to stretch more. And I was like, I should stretch every day. Realistically, I should be stretching, foam rolling, doing salt baths, doing a lot more than just stretching. But I was like, I couldn't even do that. So that was a really key component of my savers morning to do yoga. I've been doing yoga 
implemented yoga kind of later into the thing. So it hasn't been a full month, but I'd say at least 21 days, at least every day, 10 minutes of stretching every day. And my body feels better. It still hasn't made the pain completely go away, but at least I'm sitting in chairs and moving around and driving and not having that same pain. So just on that, just on a very practical level of not even like my spirit, but my actual physical machinery of my body being functioning better has made my life better. You know, I think I'm probably sleeping better because of that. Um, Having something that makes me ground myself every morning in general has just kind of given me a different sense of self. Like, oh, I can do things I said I was going to do. That alone, I think, has been the biggest deal for me. And then, of course, there's the byproduct of actually meditating, having a quiet time for yourself. Like for me, it's still a bit of a struggle because I haven't been waking up as early as I wanted, but I take at least five minutes to sit. Um, and I'm still struggling with silence, to be honest. So I, again, I'm figuring out how to accommodate for what I need. I listen to the Tibetan singing bowls. Those, if anyone's not in the woo-woo world, <laughs> um, it's like those, it's those really beautiful metal bowls that monks and different um spiritual leaders you know they hit it like a gong or they you know take the wooden it looks like a pestle that's like a wooden stick and they just kind of circle it and it makes it like a very low or high ringing sound i just love it for some reason that gives me so much peace and i've been listening to that um i've been doing affirmations and visualizations i'm like totally letting you guys in on my morning experience but i listen to different songs that just give me life and it works you know i've always talked about how much music impacts my soul and gives me so much energy when when i want and oh my god it like i i'm like crying different days and i'm visualizing different parts of my life whether that's my personal life i and visualizing my future with my family. I'm like going places in my, you know, taking vacations in my brain. And it's so crazy that I'm past 30 years old and that I never did that before. Like I visualize things. I've definitely visualized like collaboration shows. And I can attest even from that, it works. You have to give yourself, your mind, the freedom to imagine the best outcome and how it feels and let your body be in that moment. I have visualized you know, certain award ceremonies I have visualized. But like now my perspective with the journaling and with the meditating and with figuring out what my purpose is and like what it is that really makes me feel joy and actual fulfillment, not just like this fleeting happiness. I'm visualizing way different things and things that I think are more who I am than what I thought I wanted before. That's so vague. For example, I think I really wanted the perks of of being, like, a great artist. The fame. You know, when I was younger, I think I really wanted recognition. I wanted people to make a big fuss about X, Y, Z. And I also wanted to make great art. That was in there. But it really kind of—I don't think for a while it was the forefront. I think I saw how much I loved other people who did stuff that I thought was great and how much, you know, all the perks of it, them just getting so much love and attention and free stuff and traveling to exotic lands and like doing, but like, again, having been in the world and witnessing what, witnessing what it really requires, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of mental stress. It's a lot of privacy that's invaded. It's a lot of Um, hardship. I mean, it's amazing too, but there's a lot that people just don't see. There's a lot of negotiating, a lot of compromising, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of loneliness, and a lot of disrupted relationships and conflicted, you know, dynamics between people once you get a certain level of fame or you get a certain amount of money, you know, like those are, those are also byproducts of that success. And so it adjusted what I wanted, I realized, like, you know, I want to make great art. That's really, 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 really what makes me, at this point, having been around the industry for as long as I have, what makes me juiced and what makes me proud and, like, what makes me cry tears of joy is when I see things that really move people, that either makes people really laugh from, like, the deep 
core of who they are that makes them laugh it makes them cry it makes them think it makes them like swoon like whatever it is and just tells a good story and to do that with people that I love that's what I want to do and so again if the byproduct of that is a tremendous amount of financial wealth if it is perks and all that stuff I will receive that as well I'm still learning how to imagine that I'm quote-unquote deserving of that even though I don't know if that word's even appropriate anymore I have a real big issue with that deserve but um yeah it's really kind of helped me and again that's I think another result of clarification through the miracle morning practice the habits that we do and the care that we take in ourselves somebody can look at that as and describe it as being selfish but I think that that's the implication of that word is really wrong I think having putting your energy in yourself to develop yourself to demand that of yourself and to demand that time from other people to say i would love to answer your email right now i would love to talk about our relationship right now i would love to do all these things but first i need to make sure my mind and my heart my body my soul is in a place where i can even start to do that and thus far in my life i think i've had very very questionable practices in terms of boundaries. I think I've had really a hard time dealing with the guilt of letting other people down. And in a lot of different important points, lost myself to that because I was just only concerned with other people needed. And I don't look at myself as somebody as like a martyr or a heroic person for doing that. In my mind at this point, I just like kind of makes me a little bit sad and scared. I don't want my daughter, my kids to be in that same position to be needing feeling like they need to compromise everything of themselves in order to have value that just doesn't sit well with me i don't want my friends i don't want you anybody who's listening to this i don't want you to feel like in order for you to matter you have to give all of yourself away it just that is the fastest road to destruction and i think that is also what's happening a lot with unchecked values and unchecked priorities and i cannot go and completely alter the way everything's happening out there in the world i cannot single-handedly transform our senate the problematic mother whatever people that you know occupy those seats but i can work on myself and i can work on how i react to people within my circle and the way i'm reacting to people with because of lack of sleep or the pain in my body or the lack of clarity in my mind how foggy i am how angry i am how unproductive i feel because i didn't stick to my schedule or what have you that's all on me so i cannot hal if you ever listen to this i'm going to tweet this at you bro but thank you for writing your book um thank you for all the people that you helped and i want to just kind of pay that message forward if it can help you if it can make you stop and think a, a second about what habits whether that is something physical that you're doing but a lot of it is mental what are the bad voices that you're allowing to take over your mind the critic inside that's like really running over everything or making you feel like you don't have enough time to live your life or to be grateful for the blessings that you do have to imagine all the good things and not even just like the things you get to have but the things you get to do for others like i get a lot of joy out of out of creating spaces like i just love throwing events like that's part of who i am how can i do that on a on a small scale or a grand scale i would love to make a film that makes families gather or like a show that makes a family sit down together like i did at TJF time and like watch something and laugh together and then talk about it and then share that with their kids later on like i love lucy that's something that I appreciate something generational. That's something I can do to create spaces for other people to have a good time. But I can also do that by having a freaking potluck dinner party. And I did that the other night with my old college roommate. And I did that with my old roommate from last year and my current roommate um, and Kenji. And we just sat around sharing like stories about growing up and crushes and things like that. And that was that was fulfilling for me. You know, it wasn't something that was public. It wasn't something that is going to get likes or whatever, but that was fulfilling for my soul. That's something that made me happy and felt like I spent, you know, my hours well. So what are the things that you can do to feed that? It's the mental, the emotional, and the physical, like, and the logical go very much hand in hand. And um, 
for me, it was taking an hour each morning and committing and making the choice to do that. And maybe my anxiety was part of the push to get me to a point where I was going to say enough is enough. And I want to make a change in my life and integrate different practices that can really help. So I'm excited to expand on each of those things um, with anybody. Uh, I I really encourage you just like reading the book and share that with with others. You know, I got it for free on my Kindle app. So the library is also like, let's all go to the library more. Like also to in exchange for like social media time. Seriously, that's a challenge I'm going to put for myself and out there. I'm actually on my third book since I started Miracle Morning. I've read three books in the last like three years, maybe. It's bad, but I've read three books in the last month. So that's good. Like, I'm feeling good about that because that's time I'm not spending on Instagram comparing myself to like all the Instagram models who have perfect butts and lips and noses and big eyes and whatever. Flawless skin, all of that. You're, yeah, cool. But I don't need to be reminded of that. And I like to be lost in other worlds and think about things I want to build and make. Yeah, that's my challenge to you guys. Go find your miracle morning. Go do the thing for you that gives you joy, that gives you fulfillment. And it's so incremental and habits do take a long time, which is why I'm really celebrating the month milestone, but by no means do I think I'm done. You know, I want to extend this to another 30 days. I want to see because, you know, one other psychologist, like two out of three dentists say that such and such is the best toothpaste on the planet. Well, we don't know which psychologist is correct and we don't know you know, how many actual days it takes for something to form a habit in me or in you. We are different. But I'm going to give myself another month to see what I can keep up with this and what else can can come out of that. Because I'm very grateful that I feel incrementally more peaceful or that I'm more determined to figure out how to manage my anxiety. I've been researching, you know, making CBD a more CBD oils more a regular part of my life. And the meditation's been helping a lot. The affirmations have been helping a lot. Um, And I want to do that on the daily because I don't feel like it's going to be fixed anytime soon. My life is going to continue to be as interesting as it always has been. And it's, I'm an intense person. I have a lot of stuff I want to do. I know a lot of people. So I think it's just going to be part of my daily maintenance. But the habit building is so critical. And I hope that um, in any way, if this makes you curious or inspired to go try it out in whatever fashion that looks like in your life get on that time's 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 a wasting you know not wasting but it's ticking and also i need to take a minute because in in tandem with like finding joy and um figuring out how to address anxiety and some of the darkness that has been prevalent at least in my life I need to give a shout out to Cody Lee on America's Got Talent. This is a completely random thing, but if you are living under a rock, that's the only way that you could have not heard about Cody Lee at this point. Do yourself a favor. Do your soul a favor and go watch. Go on YouTube, go on Facebook, whatever. Go find Cody Lee and listen to his audition on America's Got Talent. I am high-key obsessed with him right now um, because I I have to take I have to thank Kenji for stopping me in the middle of my tracks in my busy day and he's like you have to watch this and I stood there arm in arm with him he had his arm around me and we watched Kodalee's audition um and I just broke down crying Cody Lee is blind and autistic he is from Southern California I found that out because I researched he's from Murrieta and um he's 22 years old and he auditioned on America's Got Talent because music is his most favorite thing in the world. And his mom, Tina, explained how music helped save his life because it can be really hard for a person with autism that, you know, that's very severe and to be blind on top of that to survive the world. I mean, the world is already difficult as it is. And to have um, severe disabilities on top of that and to try to be out there functioning and just trying to be a happy person, joyful person. It can be really hard for somebody like that who cannot even express when they're in danger or when something's wrong. You know, there's very limited capabilities that he has physically. But when he played music, that would go away. And it was the most 
just jaw-dropping moment that I felt maybe ever, really maybe ever. I had a, I've had some jaw-dropping moments in my life, but that was, I will, I will never forget that. Same way Simon Cowell, you know, the, the cold-hearted man from American Idol and beyond. The Grinch, Simon Cowell. Um, he said he'll never forget it for the rest of his life, and neither will I. I really just, oh, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. He, Cody is just a light. I also found out, I believe he's half Korean, which made me cry even harder. I don't know, something about the Han and like the pain that we all carry around. But the clarity in his voice, the beauty of his voice, he's this complete savant who can play anything he hears, but has so, it's not even just the technical ability, but his soul that was shining through. Absolutely stunning. Absolutely beautiful. And I've watched that video at least 50 times at this point. Um, and I think in the last three or four days, that video on Facebook has creeped up to over 230 million views. And the the comments are so moving. And um, Gabrielle Union told him that he just changed the world. And I 1,000% that he believe that he did. And I think at a really important time, I do believe in divine timing. I do believe that things happen for a reason. And the people that make an impact on us are, you know, in ways they can be angels that are really just helping us along when things seem to be going dark. Um, and we got to we gotta cling on to those. And I think Cody made a really, really big impact on me. And I was so thrilled and happy to see the impact he was making on others, just other people seeing past disability and having this really, really profound recognition of how precious life is and how simple things can bring us joy and fulfillment. And that's what we are living for. And it really kind of just shocks you and shakes you into perspective. I I felt that. I felt that as soon as he opened his mouth and started singing. And I feel that and I'm reminded of that every time I listen to all his other videos. I totally subscribe to his YouTube. It is lit. He is so talented and just his joy is unparalleled. And it's a good reminder of all the things that I I could be grateful for, that I am grateful for, for the fact that I can see things, that I can read books and and look at the people that I love. You know, I don't think that blind people are deficient, but they they don't have their sight, which heightens other parts of their abilities. So it just, it, it really, but regardless, you know, it really does remind people what they can take for granted on a really regular basis. And um, just watching his family and how much they love him and support him, I was just, oh, I start crying so beautiful i watched so many reaction videos too i don't really usually ever watch reaction videos but i watched so many because it was like that moment where you're in like a movie theater and there's like a really funny moment or scary or like ridiculous and you're just like checking around i'm I'm one of those people i'm checking around like do you see that was that funny to you you like that i love watching other people laugh and like share my moment with me. I love sharing. It's great. Um, So the reaction videos have been really great too. And it's a good reminder that people are good. We have goodness in us. We have precious, sacred, gorgeous, amazing things that are are inside of us and that they can be hidden way, seemingly hidden, you know, but they're right in front of our eyes too. Cody has always been around. He's been performing for years and now he's on this bigger stage and he earned his way to that stage because he's just been working his butt off and perfecting his skill and working on his voice it's just so great um but we all have something like that we all have something good to share with the world so i'm going to end the podcast episode on that high note thank you cody lee for existing and thank you to tina and and to cody's dad and his two siblings like shout out to the family seriously they're beautiful he's the oldest of three kids and it just reminded me of my family i was like oh oh my god so many feelings Go watch the video. Go watch it a thousand times. Go watch it when you're down. And then go make a playlist. You know, make a playlist of all your favorite videos. The things that make you laugh and smile. Mine are like office, you know, bloopers from the office. And Melissa McCarthy is Sean Spicer. And now for sure, Cody Lee. I'm just going to, I need to do this. That's part of my miracle morning. I need to play these things. Um, But yeah, I hope that your mornings or evenings or afternoons, whenever you can give yourself time and space to like 
just breathe and uh, calm yourself and love yourself. I'm cheering you on right there with you. So I hope you have a great week and stay tuned for more episodes of First of All because we got some more discussions coming our way. I'm glad I could take this space to just be happy (laughs) and thank everyone again for your love and thank you for those who've been leaving reviews and for the dms and um yeah i'm glad this does something for people it's really very fulfilling i love y'all so much it gives me a lot of fuel (sighs) yeah sit on that if you are a fan of this podcast if this episode or another episode is something that you feel could be helpful to someone else, please share it with a friend. And you can find, first of all, on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, or Google Play, Stitcher, Radio Public, Spotify, everywhere else you find podcasts. And a huge shout out of love and appreciation to my Patreon patrons. And if you are somebody who would like to contribute to this podcast and help me keep the microphone on, pay Marvin, shout out to Marvin, my audio engineer producer, um, for all the different things that keep this podcast alive and you'd like to financially back that, please go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash first of all podcast and become a patron. And we have monthly hangout, Google Hangouts. Um Again, it's part of my recommitment, but coming up with better perks in order to, oh, I have merchandise for real in the works right now and other ways that I want to just engage with the people who help keep this alive. But yeah, go to Patreon if you'd like to become a supporter and shout out to Aquafina for use of her song Yellow Ranger for the intro and outro. I'm a proud, 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 proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, which is a collective of Asian American podcasters and storytellers. Need to keep that diversity going, need to keep our voices strong and clear and exploring um, the depths of our heritage and sharing our identities with the world. And shout out to all the listeners who've been tuning in and um, hopefully you enjoy. Hope you have an amazing week. Hope you have an amazing miracle morning. Don't get too down on yourself. It doesn't pick up right away. You got this. I believe in you. I love you. And I'll talk to you soon. Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. We're the host of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Every month we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a wide variety of genres from contemporary to historical fiction, fantasy to memoirs, and crime thrillers to romance. Some of our past book club picks are Pachinko by Min Jin Lee, Sorcerer to the Crown by Zan Cho, and Devotion of Suspect X by Keigo Higashino. We also go over what's new in the Asian American literary world and chat with some talented Asian authors about their work. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.